Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. I want you to, if you would, step into this um, scenario with me. You've just gotten home and you receive a phone call. One of the children from church, a child with special needs, has wandered off into a massive cornfield that abuts the Vernon Marsh. And we need help in finding them. We need people that are willing to go out and to walk in the cornfields. We're gonna need people that are willing just to sit in key intersections in their car to be able to wait at that. We need people that are going to be able to take messages and coordinate that way. If you got that call, if we ask you to help in that way, how many would say, I'd help? I'm not surprised by that. But if, if you had plans, like maybe there was a game, big game that was on, or you had dinner plans, then how many of you would help? Well, how about that? What if it was raining? How many would help if it was raining? Right, you're like, do you think if you got there to help, you were going to get hit with a battery of questions. Questions like, um, so tell me, what do you believe about the hypostatic union of Christ? Or um, how did you vote last election? Or maybe even, um, are you a Bears fan? I mean, you think you're going to get those questions before we're going to be allowed to help? No. We're going to be like, thank you for being here and thank you for joining with us in this unity of purpose. Now our series Unity. It's all built upon this foundation and flows out of what Jesus identifies as his number one value. His number one value for us as followers of him and his number one value for his church. In fact, Jesus notes this. He said it's going to be by unity that people actually understand that he has come and that the gospel is true. That the world, that is people that don't know him, are going to realize that what he said is true because of the unity that they see in his church and other believers. Would you agree? Jesus is hanging an awful lot on unity. Which brings us to our passage of today. Because not only do we have unity, but Jesus is going to call us into unity of purpose. Now, if you happen to have a Bible with you, I'm gonna ask you that you take it right now and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Now, we will put this up on the screen for you, but if you've got a Bible with you, I think it's gonna be really helpful for you to follow along, take a couple notes in it. If you can do this on your phone, again, I think it's really helpful to be able to do that. In fact, you've got it there, you'll be able to go back and to look at it a little bit later, and I think there's several things that you will wanna just revisit a little bit later. As we come to Ephesians chapter four, here's what we wanna know. I mean, we see this in the book of Ephesians and we just kinda look at it like, well, that's just a book in the Bible, right? Which is important. But initially, it was a letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul, was writing to people that he knew and he really cared about. You see, Paul had spent more time in Ephesus That's the city, hence Ephesians, the book. He spent more time in Ephesus starting this church and building this church than he did any other church. He'd go back there every time he could. He he spent at least three years there. And so knowing the people 
And knowing, you know, like, you know, they've been in their homes, interacted with them, seen the life change that had gone on in their lives. When he writes, it's not just, you know, like, hey, whatever, but it's like, this is a very personalized message. And that's what we are to receive today as a personalized message that God wants for us. And so we start out. Verse number one says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Now I'm gonna pause here for just a second. Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord, the reason he says that is he's literally in prison when he's writing this letter rather than going to him and giving him this message personally. But then you'll see the word there, then. Little word, then. Normally that word then is translated therefore. And therefore is a transitionary word. You see, six chapters in the book of Ephesians. In the first three chapters, what Paul does is he writes about how does one become a child of God? And what is the blessing? And what is the significance? And what is the impact that that has? So good, so much it's there. But now he pivots with the therefore, because of who you are, because of what God's done in your life. He goes, therefore, I'm urging you to live this life. Verse two, he says, be completely humble and gentle and be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Check out these ones. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called the one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Let's pause here for just a second. If I can just bring us back to verse number three. Do you see what Paul's doing here? He says, I want you to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. When he says, I want you to make every effort, he's, he's saying two things here that's packed in the Word. He said, I want you to be diligent, and I want there to be this determination, this tenacity. When it comes to unity, he goes, it's so important. We've got to make every effort in order to be able to keep it. And then he goes on. And he begins talking about how we can do this. Now, it's no surprise that unity, as important as it is to Jesus, like on a one to 100 scale, it's 100. And as important as it is to Satan, because it's as important as to Jesus, it's that important that Satan disrupted or keep it from happening, this unity a purpose. It's no surprise that unity is regularly going to get tested. In fact, we, we feel that, right? I mean, we wish that we could always say that we're, we're good with the person. You know, um, Kurt was with us, Pastor Kurt from You Flourish last week, and he talked about people that were on the other side of the aisle and people that were really different from us. And those are the ones it's hardest to have unity with. When we have um, what the Bible calls um, disputable matters, like things that are debatable, Sometimes we just get irre irreconcilable differences. I just am not gonna be able to get on the same page with that person. And when we have those with other believers, here's what we need to check ourselves in. How we do when it comes to humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Because when unity breaks down, <laughs> I'll at least speak for my life, it goes right back to these four things that Paul's highlighting. Either it's because of pride that's going on in my life, 
because of a lack of gentleness. The word there is meekness, like blessed are the meek. Jesus said he was meek, strengthened under control. I mean, I'm out of control. It's, I have no patience for you know, the, the person that doesn't see things the way I do. Or quite frankly, I'm just not willing to extend love to somebody that's on the other side of the aisle that way. And so we can take these both as a reminder, I gotta keep, I gotta keep these going on in my life. Or we can use them as a diagnostic. Hey, you know, we're in disunity. Things are broken down. First thing to check, right? I'm gonna say them with me. Humility, second. Gentleness, third. And lastly, is there, yeah, going on that way. So he really drills into this is important. Unity is so important. Here's how we do it. But now he's going to transition from just the importance of something to our unity of purpose. In other words, now it's about here's what I want you to do with it. So if you have your Bible, we're going to just continue on in verse 7. He said, But to each one of us, every person that Paul's writing to, every one of us in the room, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. Now, what does the ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? And he, Jesus, who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And kind of like, there's one point you just go like, like, whoa, like, wow, that is really something. But I'm going to stop here for just a second because we actually have a clue a little gem that's been hidden that I just want to open up. So we're going to go deeper for a second, but I think you're going to see the significance of it for all of us in this. These two verses that you see here, when Paul's writing says, it is written, well, where was it written from? Actually, it comes from Psalm 68. And if you look at that, Psalm 68 says, when you ascended on high, it's talking about the Messiah, it's talking about the victorious king. When you ascended on high, you took many captives and you received gifts from people. But what we just read says this. When he, victorious Messiah, ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. You see the difference? In the first one, go back to the Old Testament. And when they expected the conquering king, the victorious king, when he was victorious... And he had this demonstration of that. What was expected is that the people would bring gifts to the victorious king. But here, it doesn't say that, does it? Because here it goes over and beyond the victorious king, Jesus. Our king, victorious over death, victorious over hell, victorious over sin. It says when he ascended on high, when he in his glory came forth, he didn't go, what you got for me? He was like, and now, this is the unexpected, and now I have a gift for each and every one of you. And the people in, in Ephesus are like, I know what it said. This is like changing everything. And the rest of the passage now is gonna talk about this gift giving 
that goes forth. What Jesus is giving to us. So the rest of the passage is going to be about us. It's about me. It's about you individually. So I want you to put your your lenses of like, so what is Jesus saying to me? Beginning verse 11. It says, so Jesus himself, he gives the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip his people, say that's me, that, his people is, that's me, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, say that's me, so that we may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we, say that's me, then we are no longer gonna be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown around here and there by the wind of teaching and by crafty, cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Instead, we speaking the truth in love, we will grow. Say, that's me. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus. And from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part or as each one, say that's me, as each one of us does its work. So there's two real um, you know, overarching themes that I want us to understand from what we've just read here. And there's a lot, right? But the first one is this, that Jesus has given to everyone of those of us that have received him. So Jesus has given to every Christian a gift. It's often referred to as a spiritual gift. In fact, 1 Corinthians put it this way, that everyone has a spiritual gift. My wife, Denise, when she gives a gift, she's a person that just swings for the fence when it comes to gift giving. This past birthday of mine, um, she actually gave me two gifts and hit two grand slams. The first one was this mystery trip um, gift. That's gonna be a story for another time. But the other gift that she gave, when I unwrapped this, what I discovered was that she had commissioned an artist to draw all the individuals in our family. And so here, Denise and I, all of our kids and their spouses and their kids, which is our grandkids, and I opened this up and I'm just like, that is amazing. Now, if you're wondering who this artist was that she commissioned, his name happens to be Tim Khan. I can get you in contact with him that way. <laughs> but when I saw this, I'm like, this is one of the greatest gifts that I have ever been given. Now, I want to just tell you, no diss on my wife. But Jesus gives even greater gifts. The gift that each of us have been given is a personal gift. I mean, nothing could be more personal to me than what we've got right here. But the gift that Jesus has given to you is something that he's given because he knows you. He knows what will bless you. He knows how you can have a fuller life, a richer life because of that. And he said there's no exceptions. So I want you to hear this. If you trusted Jesus, then you got a gift and 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 you got a gift. And Jesus did not skip you. 
The second thing that this passage is bringing out to us is this. That Jesus' desire for every one of us to be an active part in his body. And in this case, because it's written to the book of Ephesians, which was a multi-site church, it's every one of us Jesus desires to be an active part in our local church. Now, I know today, you know, church can kind of get referred to as like, you know, the church that's out there, kind of a generic thing. Or people are going to say something like, you know, hey, I really love Jesus, but his church, like, eh, I'm not so much into that. No, I know you're here, like you're online. I'm preaching to the choir right now. But sometimes, you know, just church attendance can be like, you know, if it's convenient, I'm gonna go there, but it's not really that big, you know, I haven't really prioritized it that way. We just wanna understand, Jesus would say, not so. Please, I want you to be this functioning part because you have been gifted to be able to make a difference in and through your church, the body of Christ that you are a part of. There's a movie that came out um, this month. It's called 13 Lives. Anybody seen 13 Lives? Okay. 13 Lives is about, it's a story of 12 boys and their coach who end up getting trapped in a flooding cave. And the story, which is a true story, it goes on to share how 5,000 people, 5,000 volunteers, get this, from 17 different countries, who when they hear about this, they all come together in unity of purpose for the intent of trying to do the impossible and rescue these 13 lives. It's a wild, wild story. It's amazing that's going on there. Highly recommend it. Not gonna give you any spoilers with regards to how does it come out and does anybody you know, make it out that way. But just as this purpose, unity of purpose took place, Jesus calls to us and says, in my church, I have a rescue mission that I'm putting you on. In fact, it goes beyond just rescuing people, but it's the mission of bringing life and hope into your community, into the places that you go. And I have gifted each and every one of you to be a part for this unity of purpose that I've got before you. He tells us that if we will join in this unity of purpose, that we're going to see God at work in greater ways. We're gonna see God at work in our life in greater ways. We are going to see God at work in our community in greater ways. That's what Jesus tells us about this. An example of unity of purpose, we could take this next weekend coming up, right? When it comes to um, kids, you know, kids around the world, our desire to um, package 140 thousand meals. These are going to be sent. I mean, they're made so they can actually be given to a child to take home and not only feed a hungry child, but their family as well. And I think everybody in here would agree. No one person is going to be able to do this purpose by themselves, right? I mean, not going to happen. If you said, we're going to get our small group together, you and your small group by yourself, you couldn't make this happen. But if we get 600 volunteers that are willing to come together in a unity of purpose, we can do something that is amazing. 
Now, we're not asking for a whole day. In fact, if you haven't signed up, this is one of the activities. I mean, you talk about bringing your neighbor over to bring something, you bring somebody from work, say, hey, you wanna come along with me? I mean, we're gonna make a difference with this. And you sign up for that 90-minute time slot. And together, at the end of the day, to be able to accomplish this task, you're going like, that was so cool, right? That was amazing. We have done something of significance. We talk about our church, our church. We could say our, you know, the macro purpose that Jesus has given to us. It's with our mission and our vision. And our mission says that our hardest people and our message is Jesus, which when we start to break that out, Jesus said, I want you to join with me so that people will, will know Jesus and follow Jesus. That they could experience life and that they could experience a better life and to have God's help and grace in their life right now. And from that macro, we have literally scores and scores of different ways that we can join in. We could take our gift to be a part of this purpose that he has for us. So let's take a teaching and bring it down to each of us with three questions. These are all, these are all gift questions. So they're about you know, this gift that Ephesians talks about. The first question that I wanna ask you is this, and it may come out of the blue, but I'll, I'll show you how it ties in here. The first question regarding a gift is, have you received the gift of God? The gift of God is found in um, Ephesians chapter two. We talked about these first three chapters. It's about being a child of God. In Ephesians two, Paul wrote these words so that everybody would have clarity on it. He said, it's by grace that we've been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Probably the greatest misunderstanding today when it comes to getting the gift of God, become a child of God, is we think that we have to do something to earn it. You may have thought that, I know I thought that for sure. And today we're like, do I need to be baptized? Do I need to join the church? Do I need to do, do enough good things to be able to earn God's favor? And the truth of the matter is this, when we try to earn it, we take away from what Jesus did for us. Because Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection is everything that we need for both the forgiveness of sins but to become this child of God. Have you come to that point of realizing there's nothing that I can do to earn it, but I want it? And you've asked Jesus, would you be my Lord and Savior? Would you take what you did on the cross and apply it in my life? If so, then you have received the gift of life. And if you haven't, I hope that today you would open yourself up with a realization. What we do just takes away from what Jesus has done for us. Second question, if you've received the gift, if you are a, um, if you've trusted Jesus, do you know what your spiritual gift is? Let me just ask this in a way that I don't think I'll embarrass anybody. Um, online, you can indicate this for me. How many here would say, I know what my spiritual gift is? Can I just see your hands? Just hold it up for just a second. Okay, all right. So I'm going to assume that there's a number of us, like, I don't even know what my spiritual gift is. I mean, I'm hearing what you're saying, but... Really? Like, do I, you know, I'm not quite sure I even have one. And the one thing is your pastor, I just want you to understand, 
Jesus couldn't be clearer. He has given you a gift, and it's a personal gift. Kind of the pathway, if you're like, how do I find out what it is? If you don't know. I think the easiest things to do would either to do what we would call next or serve. So if you wanted to use the QR code, you'd see you know, these two paths in front of you. If you go to next, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna just sit down with you and have a conversation and then try and give you an opportunity to be able to you know, find some place to be able to help, help in the purpose of what's going on through Jesus with Fox River. If you wanted to go like, well, I, I would just like, I just wanna start doing something, then you go serve. And if you hit the serve button, then what we do is we go like, hey, let us help you to find an area that you could serve in, and then we're gonna have a conversation with you. Because here's what you usually find out. You discover an awful lot of what God's doing in you when you actually begin joining him in his working. One of the things we've done in addition, if you use the QR code, you're gonna see there, there's a spiritual gifts assessment. So I mean, you could just take that, I mean, you can go home today, you can take that assessment and it's gonna kind of give you an area. But I think if the discovery would come as you begin to step into it, which takes me to the third question. Have you received God's gift? Do you know what that gift is? Your spiritual gift. And the third one would be, are you using it? What do you think it would have been like if when Denise gave me this gift, I just went, whoa, that's awesome. And I just took it and I put it in a drawer. Now, relationship at home aside, you go like, well, you, that'd be crazy. I mean, like, you really didn't value it that much, did you? And I didn't. I took this and I got it in a place immediately where as many people could see it as, as was possible. So that's why I've got it. I've got that one in my office right now. When we think about the gifts that we've been given and actually using that gift. I know one of the first things that comes to our mind is this, and here's, a, you know, it's, it's kind of like, here's where we get real, right? Like, okay, I've got a spiritual gift and I know I should be using it, but I am so busy, right? I mean, are you trying to give me a job to do? But rather than starting from the place of, I can't, what if we changed that and said, how could I? In 13 lives, when people with all kinds of gifts came together in one purpose, they attempted to do what everybody said was impossible to do. When we think about, there's a child that's lost in a cornfield. When we all come together and do what we can do, you know what? If that story sounded familiar to you, it actually took place. It was about six years ago. It was in my neighborhood. I was a part of that search, and we did find that child. You want to know what the feeling was amongst us when we saw that unity of purpose and kind of like the mission being accomplished? It was amazing. I mean, talk about dancing that was, that was going on that way. 
we have such a variety of what Jesus has gifted us with. I mean, you might be wondering, like, I could, I could help Brian with the family ministry, and there's so many different areas that I could go from nursery all the way up through students and helping out. I mean, I could help out once a month, a couple times a month. Maybe you're a person in trades. You're going like, I could help wire the new building that we're, you know, that we're doing in back. Maybe your person goes like, I, I just like working with people and guest services. Maybe your person goes like, I hate working with people. Put me in an area where I don't have to deal with them at all. And that's the beautiful thing. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of different opportunities that when we come together, this purpose that Jesus has given to us, it's gonna get accomplished and that's great. But you are going to experience God in your life. And Jesus gave you a gift to bless you and to help you to be a part of a greater purpose that he wants you to be a part of. And there's really no exceptions to that. And so I just want to encourage you. Take your next step with that. Again, today you may be like, hey, I'm just going to go to next. Next week, I'm going to be a part of that uh, 20 minute class that goes on. I'm going to hit this serve button. I'm just going to find out a little bit more. What could I do? Because Jesus doesn't give us just unity for the sake of unity, but he calls it a unity of purpose. Fox River is not the church. I hope you'd say Fox River is my church. And it's a part of my body. I've got a part. And I'm gonna do my part. Because that not only is God's will, but it's a blessing that he wants to give to us as well. You may be a student, you may be retired. Anywhere in between. Would you join with us? I can tell you this, we've never had so many opportunities to join Jesus on mission than we have right now. In-house, out-of-house, and there's a part for you. Let's do it together. Shall we pray? Jesus, we wanna thank you for the gift of life you've given to us and for those that are right now considering what it means to receive the gift of life that doesn't come by works, but by putting their faith and trust in you as Lord and Savior. As they in repentance come to you, Jesus, saying, I so want the gift of life, the gift of forgiveness that you offer, Jesus, and I come to you today for it. If that's your prayer, can I just ask you? Would you lift up a hand saying, God, today I am receiving God's gift of life that comes through receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior. Cool. Just others, you can just wave at me. Thank you, Jesus. To each of us who've trusted you, one of the things that you've done is given to us a gift. And I pray that not in guilt, but in Lord, in a holy curiosity with a desire to join you in something that is so much greater than what we could ever do alone, to bring other people to know you, to bring other people to follow you, to bring other people the life that only God, you can bring into their life and hope. We wanna to say today, thank you, Jesus, for the gift 
I'm going to discover it, and I'm going to use it. And if that's your prayer, please tell that to him. I'm so looking forward, Jesus, to what you're going to do through this. We pray all these things in your name. And all God's people in unity said, Amen. 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 If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.